Deep in the forests past Lawnborn, Marin dreams fitfully of former perils and glories. What is dream and what is memory? And what speaks to us in the vulnerable place past sleep? Welcome back to Blood Gold. last left off, Marin was dreaming of a memory of her last, uh, of a fight with her old crew, uh, Priya, Orlance, and Sadus against an orange wyvern. And in the memory, this wyvern, wounded and bloody, uh, expelled a f- blast of force breath and hit Priya and knocked her 10 feet back falling to the ground with the loud clang of her armor and Marin cut its head almost clean off and in your dream memory state you are slightly lucid you are aware of that you're in a dream you're aware that you're in this memory but you can't control yourself, right? You're just kind of moving through the motions of what happened that day. You look around and you see Sadus and Orlance kind of getting up and brushing themselves off and adjusting their, their armor and clothes. And uh, I think Orlance cheers to you, Marin. And you feel this sense that something isn't right because Priya is still like hidden in the grass um and you distinctly remember she had gotten up and was casting spells and so you know that there is something weird happening this is no longer how things went before we continue what is it that i slayed a wyvern but you called it a wyvern oh are there two pronunciations for this um probably Yes, I don't. I hmm. I thought I always called them wyverns. You do. Did I, did I call it a wyvern? Yes, you do. I'm always sure call wyvern them, is wrong. You always call them wyverns, and then you called it a wyvern twice. And I thought maybe I was having a stroke. No, it, it that is totally. I think growing up, when I had only read the word, like as a kid, I had called them wyverns. Like growing up, I think they're a monster in Final Fantasy Tactics. I think I used to call them wyverns as a kid. But I'm pretty sure the correct pronunciation is wyvern. Wyvern makes sense to me. So I might have just slipped back into my old childhood pronunciation. All right. I just thought I was having a stroke. It's fine. I might slip back and forth. Apologies if any if that's going to drive anybody crazy. It. I literally just thought I was going insane. So I had to say something. <laughs> so I'm glad that I'm not going insane. All right. So Priya's in the grass, but I know that this is a dream now. Or rather, I know that this is not strictly a memory. Mm-hmm. I think... Marin looks around like she's on high alert, but she's not going to go to Priya. What if this is a monster like tricking her? So I think she starts looking around and like grips her monk spade a little tighter in her hands. Uh, Yeah, no, nothing else odd is happening. Like, is there 
haze off in the distance where I should be seeing trees? Is there... No, there's still like- the clear sky. You see uh, Osmer kind of start to rise from your campsite where he had remained hidden throughout the battle. Uh, and he kind of shakes. Uh, and you d- distinctly remember that happening. You remember like Osmer getting up and trotting towards the group. I go to the grass where Priya is hiding. And with my weapon ready, but not in attack mode, I kind of crouch down next to her. You remember this scene of Priya getting up and kind of brushing herself off and and starting to cast some healing spells on herself and some buffing, some some revitalizing spells on you uh, to kind of heal everybody. But... She is not moving. She is lying in the grass. And as you look at her um, lying there, you see blood begin to seep out from between the plates of her armor. And then you wake up and you you jerk up with a start. Um, your head was resting on... I, I, I don't know. How, how did you fall asleep? Well, I was watching those teenagers basically yeah from across the way so i don't think i slept terribly comfortably i think i kind of um what i picture is that i like stabbed my spade into the ground and sort of leaned on it and kind of slept that way yeah but that's not really practical so i may have um folded myself over and just like slept on my arms on my lap but that's also uncomfortable so well and your uh your spade snaps in half so Mm -hmm. you could you could it would be like half height and you could be like resting on just one half of it that would make sense yeah and you snap to and despite the cool forest air you are like hot in your clothes and the first thing that you notice about your surroundings is that it's very busy there's a lot of chatter coming from like the road side of camp um, and the the young monster hunters are not in their camp across from you. Is it still nighttime? Uh, no, it is very early morning. Okay. I immediately wake up and go to wake up the kobolds. Right. And yeah, they are snoring uh, noisily in the camp. Who, who do you tend to, who do you wake up first? Akraya. Uh, Akraya kind of. Uh, her eyes flutter and then they snap open and she you see for a brief second when her eyes snap open her eyes are these thin sharp daggers and she snarls for a second and then she kind of scrambles and takes a deep breath she goes oh Marin, uh how um i'm sorry uh, Marin doesn't even let her finish get ready we're moving out um uh okay all right and i like kick Sorrel and step out of their sleeping situation. Okay. I think everyone needs to make a condition check. I think so too. This one is for Marin. Six, seven. Okay. Not bad. Not great. This one is for Sorrel. Eight. Okay, that's good. Much better. Yes. Poor girl. Sorrel usually does real bad on her condition yes, checks. Yes, she does. All right, Akraya. Nine. Also good. 
Yeah. Oh. She had nine before. So the two kobolds slept pretty well. Um, that makes sense. Sorel, you know, got plenty to eat when y'all visited those young monster hunters. They set about kind of gathering up the camp. Did you go somewhere after you kicked Sorel or are you just breaking camp? Just breaking camp. Sorel's uh, kind of rolling up her bedroll next to you. And she kind of like looks towards the road and she goes, what's uh, what's going on over there? Not our problem. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you know, it could be, maybe, yeah. who, who knows? Maybe it isn't a problem. Super not our problem. Well, maybe somebody needs help. You also need help. <laughs> not our problem. Uh, yeah, I think Akraya agrees with you. She goes, Marin is right, Sorel. Uh, we need to be moving on. We're, we've spent enough time on the road as it is. And uh, they uh, finish breaking camp. How's Osmer doing this morning? Mad at me. Mm. Because poor Osmer has not had like a good, dry, comfortable place to sleep in quite some time and i think osmer's a little mad at me but osmer knows his shit and you know is ready to work he's just a little grumpy he's yeah. a little grumposaurus he's too old for this yes he got used to living in a barn on the farm getting and fed regularly and yeah this is a hassle yeah you finish packing up and you are on the road to the town of Nebanir. And so that's kind of, that's where the road is heading. How are how are you feeling after that dream? Not great. Real upset and agitated and like I don't have time for anyone's shit. She is not the kind to think about it though. She's not going to like try to analyze what that means or consider what she might be going through and trying to process her feelings. That's not who Marin is. So Marin's just going to repress that real deep into her gut mm -hmm. and get really cranky. How does that present as the group is, is breaking camp? So cranky. I can't stress the cranky. So cranky. Zero patience. Sharp. Short. Like not friendly. Who do you snap at for something out of their control? Obviously, Sorrel. <laughs> Obviously, Sorrel. What'd she do? Or what happened? What do you snap at I mean, Sorrel was Sorrel. <laughs> Sorrel was just being Sorrel. Like, just silly and, you know, doesn't always think things through 100%. Probably just kept asking about what was going on on the road. Mm -hmm. And I just, full on, you need to stop. And we are going. And we, I don't, I'm not listening to this anymore. And you're going to stop talking right now. Like, shut it down. So, yeah, you you break everything down. You load up Osmer. Uh, are you going to, you're just going to, you're going to leave camp? Yeah. Okay. So as you're approaching the road, you see kind of, there's a large group of people in the camp that are all talking very excitedly. Uh, and among them are the hunters that you met last night. And... Did you ever tell them your name? No. I think Yonder calls Yonder calls out to Akray and Sorel. And um, Sorel turns and obviously wants to respond to him. Um, and he kind of waves your group over. And so I think Sorel like looks up at you. No. And we immediately start walking away from the situation. Okay. I've got 
mean face on. There's a reason that he did not wave me over. And it's not because he didn't know my name. It's because I look fucking mean this morning. <laughs> mean. All right. I want to give me a give me a spirit plus spirit check. And I'm going to say this is a not a terribly hard test. This is a little difficult. So I'm going to say this is a seven. Okay. I got a nine. Okay. So you shoot Sorel this look. She, Sorel looks to you, looks back to Yonder, looks to you. And then I think she kind of like shrugs to Yonder and turns and continues walking with you. And y'all get on the road and you leave the bustle of the camp behind you. Mm-hmm. So y'all push past this group and make your way onto the road and start heading north towards the town of Nebanir. It is a cool, calm spring morning uh, in this dense forest. Uh, these broadleaf trees kind of covering the, the road in this gentle shade as the sun begins to rise over the woods. Do you want to give me a journey check? Sure. Strength plus dexterity. Yes. And so this is for uh woods on a clear day so that is a difficulty eight test okay i don't have any bonuses there okay and everybody has to do it yeah i got exactly an eight nice perfect this is for sorel sorel also does it this one's for akraya akraya super doesn't okay does not. She had five. All right. So have her HP. So you notice Akraya is having a rough time today, a rougher time than usual, and a rougher, a much rougher time than Sorrel is having. Sorrel's kind of moving with Osmer, like very. Sorrel is the most chipper you've seen her in like the last two days. She's like kind of moving. She's feeling active. She is a little annoyed with you that you didn't say goodbye to Yonder. She's like, they were really nice to us and we could have at least said goodbye to them. But otherwise, you know, her energy is up. She's feeling good. Akraya is not. Akraya is having a really difficult time. She's moving very slowly. You keep noticing Akraya getting distracted, which is not like Akraya. Like, it's kind of what you would imagine Sorel doing. But Akraya keeps like stopping and looking off into the woods and um, seems like she's getting like lost in thought. How is Marin doing? Like emotionally not great. Just not great. She's in a pissy mood. Um, I mean, she's got her bearings. She slept well enough. She's just having a bad day. And she just doesn't have the patience for people. And especially she doesn't have patience for these kobolds because it's another relationship that she's forming. And she doesn't want to form any more relationships. She's done grieving. She's done with this. So I think that's why she's especially mean to them. And so I think she notices Akraya like not paying attention and not doing things the way that she normally would. And instead of like being empathetic and trying to, you know, like figure out what's going on, I think she's in her own shit too much to care. 
about being empathetic. And so she just blatantly is like, what's wrong with you? Why are you not paying attention? Okay, kind of shakes her head and she goes, she looks at you and she like, she kind of shakes her head out of a fog and she looks at you and she goes, excuse me? Yeah, you're not paying attention. You're just looking off into the woods. Is there something going on in the woods? No, but don't talk, don't. She like glares at you with her eyes. She's kind of like looking up at you because she's very short and her eyes narrow. And she goes, you can't talk to me like that. Excuse me? You cannot talk to me like that. Says who? Says me. I say so. You are our guide and you can't talk to me like that. And I think you see Marin like cock a hip and just stares at Akraya. And Akraya kind of puts a hand on her hip and puts her staff in the dirt and looks up at Marin. And then Sorrel scrambles over. <laughs> yeah. Goes, um, uh, uh, hey, um, maybe we should take a break. Um, we've been walking for a couple hours and uh, I'm, I'm really hungry. So uh, let's uh, maybe we should find something to eat. Should we should we uh, unload Osmer? I think that might be a good idea. All right. OK, come here, Osmer. And Sarah Sorrel grabs Osmer's reins and is trying to like pull Osmer off the road and is having a very difficult time with it. She yeah. is not getting Osmer to move at all. Well, after a few tugs, I think Marin helps. Marin goes and helps get Osmer off the road. And uh, you can hear Sorrel and Akraya kind of in hushed tones like, what do, what do you do? Like, calm down. I will not calm down. I've had it up to here with her. The fire. And they're just kind of like are like hushed whisper arguing as uh, you get out some rations. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is there to eat? So I have rations. I think I'm the only one with rations. I think you're, you're, yeah, you're carrying all the rations. So I have two rations that I give to, I give one ration to each of them. Mm-hmm. I am not eating. All right, yeah. It's probably like a pack of jerky. I just like throw it at them. Uh, and Sorrel catches hers and kind of like sheepishly looks over at Akraya and takes hers and walks over to a nearby tree to sit and eat. And y'all are kind of on the side of the road, hanging out, eating. And I think you see Osmer, who is the one thing that is like present from that dream that you had. So he kind of resonates a little bit. Um, And I think one of the things that you notice is how much older Osmer looks than he did in that dream. Uh, He's got white in his beard um, and just kind of a like his fur just isn't as lustrous. His horns are a little bit thicker and um, a little more gnarled and naughty. He just looks like he, he he looks much older than he does in that dream. And what are you thinking? So I think what you see is like all of a sudden you just see Marin like jolt up and go over to Osmer and start petting Osmer. But what happened is in her head, she just she keeps getting flashes of seeing Priya lying on the floor with blood pouring out of her. She just keeps seeing that scene and just keeps flashing behind her eyes. And so all of a sudden, you just see Marin stand up and walk over to Osmer and start petting Osmer. And what she's doing is she's deep breathing. She's like calming herself down. Um, But she's just petting Osmer. She's not saying anything. But she's like slowly and rhythmically petting 
Ozmer every once in a while. She'll use her nails, but she's just petting Ozmer. And she's, you know, like breathing in with a downstroke, breathing out as she brings her hand back sort of thing. You just kind of see her center herself as much as she can. Like she's upset. This is, she's going to be in a shitty mood all day. Yeah. Like you, you look at Osmer and I think you look into like his big dark eyes and he's kind of looking back at you and uh, you kind of feel him beneath your hand kind of uh, relax a little bit. Um, you feel those muscles kind of become less tense uh, beneath his thick, rough fur. Pretty soon, y'all are back on the road. Hello, and thank you for joining us for Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is episode 21 of the Blood Gold campaign. How are you, my darling? I'm doing very well. Yeah? Yeah. Well, this was a nice weekend that we had. It was a busy weekend. It was. It was very busy. We saw a lot of family. Our air conditioner broke on a very hot weekend. And I don't know if you all remember this fun fact about me, but I get really effing mean when I'm hot. <laughs> I get really mean when I'm hot. I don't tolerate it well. I know I look like I tolerate the heat. I do not. I do not tolerate the heat. So it's been... A busy, eventful weekend. It has. And yeah, we we saw family for the first time basically in two years. Yep. um, Because everyone, we are lucky enough to be in a place where everyone is uh, vaccinated, partially vaccinated. We were outside and masked, um, but everyone was also at least, everyone had gotten their second shot but some of the people were before the the two weeks after their second shot that is recommended so we were outside we were masked but we thought that there were enough you know safety redundancies that me and my ocd actually felt comfortable like being around people um which was interesting it was nice but i definitely think that i've developed some low level agoraphobia not to I generally don't like when people misuse phobia terminology because like a phobia is a real mental illness. Yeah. And I don't like it when people like use OCD and don't mean actual literal OCD. Right. Like my pencils are so straight. Look at me. I have OCD. No, you don't. No, you don't. You yeah. just like your pencils in a line. But I, I have developed a little bit of ang- anxiety around people. But the weekend went pretty well. We got to see family. It was the first time I've seen my brothers in like two years. So it was very nice. Yeah. But again, we have no air conditioner. So <laughs> the important thing the important is that we have thing, no air conditioner. No air conditioner. And it is so it's so hot. It was really hot. I am not good at the heat. I am so not I can be uncomfortable and cold. I won't complain about it. You won't really hear me complain. I might go, oof, it's chilly. Like you might hear me say that. That's about it. The minute I feel like I might kind of sweat. All I do is complain. All I do is complain and lay on the floor and like, I'm not doing anything. I'm hot. It's terrible. It's ter- It's my man cold. It's my man, <laughs> it's cold. man cold. When I'm hot, it's my man cold. Oh, man. I had a, a, I had a very bad man cold after my second shot. You did. I was... Well, so it started off actually bad, um, but like I had a really bad reaction on my second shot, which I hesitate to tell... 
I hesitate to say because I don't want to discourage anybody from taking the shot. Everyone should get their vaccine who is capable of getting their vaccine. Correct. And you are the only person we know who had such a severe reaction. I do not know anybody who had as bad of a reaction as me. I was throwing up, hallucinating. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I ha- I was having like fever hallucinations all oh, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was bad. But then for like two or three days after that, I had man flu and was just like, oh, he's I not kidding. Feel good. That's pretty accurate. I feel a little dizzy. <laughs> I did read an interesting article it was not a research study, but it was an article about how all of the people that have had pretty severe reactions to the vaccines, like fainting, things like that, that it wasn't the vaccine that caused it. It was anxiety. Yeah, I saw that as well. Um, but I didn't have I didn't have a bad reaction until I went to bed that night. I was fine until I went to bed that night. And then all hell broke loose for a good like eight hours. Yeah. But I was I was perfectly fine the day after I got my shot, like the, the, the day of my shot, rather. But all that is to say, go get your vaccine. It's good for you. It's good for the, your loved ones. It's good for strangers around you. Um, but be prepared, you know, for it to probably have no effects. But also, you know, have some Gatorade handy. Have some bananas and some ginger ale if you're like me. That's my go-to, banana and ginger ale. But we can't stress this enough. Like, statistically, probability-wise, you're probably going to be good. You're probably going to be fine. Oh, yeah. My cousin with Down syndrome and a whole host of other health problems, has a lot of health problems, got her second shot. You would not know. This girl is fine. She's healthy. You would not know she got her shot. Meanwhile, Zach was out for three days. That's not usual. What's usual is you being fine. And even if it was, even if it was usual, you should still get your shot. because Because having a bad reaction is better than getting COVID. Or, or worse, spreading COVID to a loved one. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario. Anyway, this isn't this isn't meant to PS, be a PSA. This isn't meant to be a, a, something. I don't know. Y'all don't need to hear this shit from us. Especially since you guys are our listeners, you already make good choices. Yeah. So what else is? Is there anything important that we should talk about? Like actually important, like about RPGs or something? No. What, what a weird thing to ask. No, there's so, no important things in RPGs ever. <laughs> the one thing I do want to say is last episode, we tried out a new system for combat. Yeah. Tried out the fantasy trip. Diana, what did you think about the fantasy trip? It is crunchier. It's much crunchier. Way crunch. And we all know how Diana feels about crunch. Takes me a long time to get used to it. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. So I think... The que- so the, my question to you, our listeners, is what did you think about it? Um, if you didn't like that episode or you didn't particularly care for that episode, whatever, you you know, I don't know, be nice, please. But if you didn't like it if, it, if it didn't ring solid for you, I would love to hear that. Because if you did really like it, then we'll put in the effort to being more comfortable with the system so that it runs a little faster and that we're happy with it. And so that combat feels a little more fun in the system. If you didn't like it at all, I want to know because then we won't put in the effort and we won't bring it back. Uh, I have some other ideas. I think my Ryujin took the wrong... Here's my current theory about fixing combat in Ryutama. I think my Ryujin took the wrong artifact because the red Ryujin has two options for artifacts. One, 
increases the number of obstacles in the battlefield. And that's the one I took because it was cool. It was like a long sword. The other one asks you to re-roll initiative every round, which I was like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that because that's just another roll to do every round. But my problem so far with Ryutama is that your initiative is also how difficult you are to hit. So if you have a really high initiative, like right off the bat, you're untouchable to a monster that like isn't going to hit that mm-hmm. initiative. So if we reroll initiative every round, I think combat might be a little bit more dynamic for me. And that's a very small fix. That's a very easy fix. I want to try that next. See how that goes. Sure. Otherwise, I'm about... Listen, we have we have thoughts. We're, we're working on it. We're thinking about it. We're going to quit role-play games forever. We're going to no quit one, RPGs forever. No one will ever see us again. We're going to become hermits. We're going to disappear. If, if we can't figure out this combat, <laughs> we're done. We're done. That's the, only, that's the only thing that I can think of. Do you want to get back to the episode? I mean... Marin's such a crank. I know. Marin's real cranky this episode. She's so cranky. Well, she had well, a that's, well, listen, that's what un, unfixed trauma, not you can't fix trauma, but unhealed trauma will do to you. Un- you become a crankosaurus. It's not unrecognized. It's unaddressed. Like un- unaddressed. That's the word. Unaddressed trauma. She's got to talk about her feelings. I'm not doing it on air. <laughs> Marin? Yes. Or Diana. Either one. <laughs> not addressing their trauma on air. Well, then we might have very different ideas about what this story is about <laughs> that we might need to talk about. It's about an egg, Zach. It's, it's a, it is about an egg. It's about an egg. Let's do this. All right. So, Marin, you and the rest of the group move back out, start heading down the road, and eventually you come to the town of Nebanir. And you can smell the smokestacks and see them rising above the forest ahead of you as you kind of pass by some small farms and enter through the large gate to Nebanir. And Nebanir is another uh, larger town. It's about the same size as Lawnborn. It's much bigger than uh, your hometown, and it is quite active. Um, there are kind of people bustling to and fro, um, going about their day. You are there in kind of like the mid to late afternoon. It's like six or seven o'clock. That is not the afternoon. It's the early evening. That's also not early. You and what I, you and I, section out the day so differently. What is six or seven? Six or seven is the evening, like solidly the evening. Early afternoon would be like noon. What? Early evening, yeah. Early evening is like five. I would say four thirty, four thirty-five. You and I section off the, the day you, very differently. Well, you <laughs> section off the day like an old lady. So I guess that's the most appropriate to this story that we're telling. <laughs> bed at seven it's like the evening exists for me i'm just saying six is not the early afternoon i didn't say i said you did to late afternoon early evening you're right but it's not the afternoon it's all right it is literally afternoon but it's not the afternoon i also think the afternoon starts at 11 (laughs) 
<laughs> Fun fact about Diana. She thinks okay. the afternoon starts at 11. Not It's clearly not afternoon, but it's the afternoon. Wrong. Just, just <laughs> factually. It, um, so you enter into the town of Nebanir. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about six o'clock in the evening. And uh, it's still fairly bright in the sky. Uh, it is very busy in Nebanir. There's a lot of bustling and movement. People walking, carrying carts, um, riding uh, rickshaws, carrying people around town. And uh, the streets of Nebanir are rather narrow. It is uh, kind of a... It's a little more packed than Lawnborn was, a little more condensed than Lawnborn was. And so these kind of uh, multi-level buildings kind of tower over the streets and there's like all these apartments and um, laundry lines hanging over the roads. And uh, you can hear Osmer's hooves clopping on the cobblestone streets as you're making your way into town. And Akrea has not been speaking for this leg of the journey. Again, she's been very quiet. Sorel is kind of, you notice that Sorel is kind of tending to Akrea a little bit, which is a weird reversal. Like you would recognize that. And yeah, what do you, what, what do you want to do? All right. So here's the problem. We have 45 gold total. All of us. Mm. Which is not a lot. No. In fact, I believe it's not enough to pay for lodging. So I think, at least not for the three of us, and also pay for Osmer. So I think we are going to have to get a job. A paying job. Here in Nebanir. I have a nut in a vial. You do? You do have a nut in a vial. I was wondering if you would remember the nut in the vial. Do, does this, I can't, I've written nut in vial. I have not, and I wrote valuable. I did not write like magical or anything. Is it magical? Can I eat it? And it fixes my HP? Um, I believe the priest in Lawnborn told you to plant it if you had need of anything. I do believe that that is what was told of me feels a little early to use it now i will share that the price of a basic room is 20 gold you've also i don't think you've paid for a room since you set out no <laughs> i haven't but i do need a paying job <sighs> okay we're like walking in town mm-hmm. all right i abruptly like turn around there's no pomp or circumstance here i turn around and i'm like several things we need a job we need money Two, we need to find somewhere to sleep. Three, we're going to need food. So we're going to walk over to that tavern over there and see if we can knock all three out. Sorrel kind of like looks around. Uh, uh, okay. All right. All right. And then Marin starts walking towards that tavern over there. And you hear Akraya and Sorrel kind of like talking to one another and then they quickly follow after you. So you approach this tavern called The Rod and Den. Uh, inside it is... It's pretty sparse. Um, there are not a lot of people about, but uh, a young woman comes up to you and uh, looks at you, Marin, and says, oh, hi, how can I help you? And her eyes kind of like fall down to the two kobolds behind you. And that 
excitement kind of turns to concern. Just a second, please. And she turns around and walks into the back. I immediately put my hand on my axe at my side. Okay. I don't pull it out. And after a few moments, um, uh, a older, larger woman kind of walks out with this with this young woman, and she goes, uh, "Evening, my name's Samir," and she holds out her hand to you. I shake it. And she shakes it, and she's got a, a very strong grip. And she goes, uh, "Well, what can I do for you?" Several things. We're looking for a job. Anything that pays. We're looking for lodging, and we're looking for food. Uh, she looks over to the younger girl, and she goes, um, the three of you traveling together? Yes. Uh, any, um, you got business in Nebanir? My eyes narrow at her, and I'm like, I just told you my business. I've got three things. Lodging, food, and a job. Anything that pays. Okay. Uh, yeah, all right. She kind of rubs her chin, and she goes, um tell you what why don't you uh and uh your companions have a seat at the bar and um i'll see if we have room and any work you can do so diana's instinct was to say like much obliged or thank you i don't think that's what Marin would say so what does one say when someone might be committing a hate crime or might be Helping them out. I when it's ambiguous like that. What does one do, what does one do? I want to be very clear that so full disclosure, there is some suspicion of the kobolds, but not because she is like inherently anti-kobold. I I'm not interested in any like fantasy racism in this setting. <laughs> okay. She she is a little bit skeptical of the kobolds for I would say more political concerns in the way. So we've talked before about how like frequently kobolds are kobolds can be emissaries of Mm -hmm. dragons uh who demand like tribute to the dragons they can also be uh, a lot of people sometimes associate them with wyverns who there is a lot of animosity towards because where there are kobolds there are dragons where there are dragons there are wyverns so like there is some general concern but i'm not interested in there being fantasy racism in this story yeah and that is not of interest to me you've said that before but I can't help my initial reaction. Yeah, I realized that that's where it sounded like it was going. Um, that isn't really, that is not where I want it to be going. That is not part of, that is not the story that I'm interested well, in. Well, and I think it's good to verbalize that, especially when the story could go in that direction. Like yeah. to verbalize it as a, as a team and just be like, that's not where we're going. Let's make sure we stay away from that. Yeah. And I am aware that I'm, I, I am kind of straddling the line with like, you know, some suspicion of these kobolds, but it's because of political reasons yeah. or like other things going on in the world it's not like a just flat out hatred of kobolds yeah yeah um i think Marin tips her head as if she were wearing a hat she does that move a lot and i feel like if she was a man she would not do that move okay but she's a woman so she does that move kind of tips my head and go sit at the bar so uh samir kind of goes into the back and uh this this young girl goes behind the bar and she asks if you want anything is water free in this world? Yes. Okay, water. Okay. Uh, she goes, just just some water. How about, uh, she looks to the kobolds and the, the ladies. And um, Sorrel goes, duck. Not duck. I want a duck. Your cheapest meat. We have some, uh, we have some minced meat. Perfect. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you some uh, with gravy and I will get you some waters right out. 
So be right back. And she disappears into the back again. And after a few minutes, Samir comes back out and uh, she has this, uh, she has three little bowls of mincemeat and some big pint glasses full of water. And she sets them down in front of the three of you. And she goes, pardon uh, my girl's hesitancy. There's uh, rumors that there's been a wyvern outside of Melura, which is the town north, uh, the city west of Nevenir. Because there's been rumors that there's a wyvern out in Melura, so she got a little nervous. But we have a room available. And we can definitely put you up. It's not much, but it'll do. And as for a job, there's a couple things that we could arrange. Most notably, we're always in search of game for the tavern. So if you wanted to go into the forest and, and bring us back some, some nice game, we'd, we'd be willing to pay you for it or just to you know, take, take it off your tab. But I'm afraid that's the best we can do for you here. If you're looking for something. So she noticed your weapon and your hatchet and that you're with kobolds. Um, I think she goes, if you're looking for something a little bit uh, more low speed, I recommend maybe going to the post office and seeing if they need anything or uh, picking turnips out in the fields. That's fine. Thank you for your generosity. Do you happen to have some space in your stable? Yeah, uh, well, what, what do you got? I Did we come up with a name for it? Uh, I feel like I was calling it? it an antler ox, but I don't... An antler something? I don't remember what I've I was calling it. I've got a large also. pack animal. She goes, yeah, okay, yeah, we can uh, we can hook you up. We uh, just don't take saurians in the stables because they make too much noise. So all together with the meal today, that's going to be 20 gold. Hold on, no, I miscalculated. Yep. Did you know that? Yep. <laughs> 30 it's gonna be 30 gold yeah okay you see Marin like painfully painfully go into her very sad purse and pull out most of the money Samir goes um I'll get you the key to your room and um you can set up there thank you very much again with the head nod <laughs> thing she uh she kind of gestures to the meal she goes enjoy your food no words are said. I just start eating. Sorrel's already like cramming food in her mouth and Akraya's kind of picking at it. Akraya kind of um, takes a few bites and she goes, um, so are we going to go hunt deer in the forest? Spend another day well, wasted? Akraya, how do you plan on paying for our lodgings and food and supplies? We're not even halfway through our journey. So yes, we are going to go hunt deer in the morning, and then we're going to go ask the post office if they have any work for us. And God willing, we'll be able to move out tomorrow in the late afternoon, early evening hours. She kind of makes a groan as she keeps eating, and Sorrel is kind of like looking at Akraya wide-eyed. Back at you, to Akraya, back to you. <laughs> Poor Sorrel. <laughs> Poor Sorrel.
right. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Ryutama was designed by Atsuhiro Okada and translated into English by Matt Sanchez and Andy Kitkowski. You can find more at kotohi.com. We want to thank Zach. Whoa, that's not how I say his name. We want to th- <laughs> <laughs> We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer, without whom the show would not get made if you didn't hear me say his name terribly. That was because of Zach. And also, if you didn't hear just all of the awkward silences, thanks, Zach B. I hope you kept some of the awkward silences, though. They're pretty good. I mean, some of them. We also want to thank In Love with the Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemo's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with the Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps this show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain and better it every week while getting access to our cool shit. (laughs) I say the same thing every week. You'd think I'd know how to say it, but no. You get access to our cool shit. Give us some money. You get things. This is how transactions work. This episode was sponsored by patrons James McDonald and Devin Preston. Devin is the Pega renowned across Seoul as the deadly Pega, the Vale of the Peak, whose time-tested shrine resides in the gnarled trunk of an ancient tree. Thank you so much for your support, James and Devin. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. <laughs>